This is 680 CJOB. I'm Brett McGarry. This week, the Couch Potatoes strike back with a review of the new Star Wars film, Rogue One. Plus, I'm Jeff Broad. We'll also talk a bit about the Golden Globes, but just a bit, because we haven't heard of most of these movies. Plus, we'll tell you what's out on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital HD. First, it's the news. From the couch. It's time to get lit. They're still on us. These guys are taking this personal. You were only supposed to create a diversion, Roman. That was complete destruction. What you want from me? I'm Roman Pierce, man. It's what I do. Phase two. Phase two? What's phase two? Bounds away. Phase two was a ridiculously big wrecking ball swinging across the street, smashing into all the bad guys, chasing our heroes. It's the first trailer for The Fast and the Furious 8. The series has been insanely successful, especially the previous three installments, when the series shifted from the characters being low-level crooks and street racers into being full-blown superheroes. Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto and his family are back for another adventure. This time, a new antagonist is throwing a monkey wrench into their lives. It's Charlize Theron. You know what I like about you, Dom? You're a genuine outlaw, but you're a family. The hell of a job, brother. When we get back to the base, beer's on me. He's about to go up against the only thing they can't handle. You. Did you ever think you'd betray your family the way you did today? Vin Diesel just ran the rock off the road. They're supposed to be on the same side. Dominic Toretto just turned on us. Well, well, well. Did you look at that? I don't know why he's doing this, but that wasn't Dom. What is going on? Dom turns on his family? Charlize must be particularly diabolical to get him to do that. She's the very definition of high-tech terrorism. And now, she's working with your guy. I think I found my team. This should be interesting. You wanna play like that? Dom just smashed up everyone's cars. He's unstoppable. This is impossible. Which is why you're gonna need a little help. I will beat you like a drum. There's The Rock, who was in prison for some reason, and Jason Statham, who was the bad guy in the last movie. They come to face to face. They want to fight, but Kurt Russell has other plans for them. If you're gonna catch Dom, you guys are gonna work together. Surprise. I just fell in love. I've been waiting for this. We got a tank. Let's roll. Land back in the cut like that. The action near the end of the trailer goes on a frozen lake. It looks really cool. They've never done that before in the wintertime. And it looks like quite the showdown. Here they come. I don't know if the old Dom is in there. I don't give a damn. I'm taking you down. Toretto, let's play. Shooting at me! I don't know, maybe because you're in an orange Lamborghini. Shut up, Tess! Switch it, switch it up! Like. Oh, we're gonna need a bigger truck. 
So there's Fast and Furious 8, which is technically called The Fate of the Furious. The gang is all back, except for the late Paul Walker, obviously. She's not in the trailer, but Helen Mirren will be in it as well. F8 opens April 14th. Dom! You gonna turn your back on family? They set a record for that too, by the way. There's something like 139 million views in the first 24 hours. That's insane. Online, so that's impressive. <laughs> People like they're fast and furious. Yeah. Meanwhile, do you recognize either of these guys? <laughs> that's Gru and one of the minions. They're back together again in the first trailer for Despicable Me. Three. It's some kind of monster. Wait, that's not a monster. That's a man wearing shoulder pads. There's only one supervillain whose fashion sense is quite that dated. Balthazar Brat. Despicable Me arrived in 2010 about a supervillain named Gru who ends up being not such a villain after all when he adopts three girls. That film also introduced us to the Minions. It was a surprise smash hit and triggered a sequel in 2013 and a Minions spin-off last year. Steve Carell is back as the voice of Gru and Kristen Wiig reprises her role from the sequel as Lucy. I want every agent on the scene immediately. Agents Brucey are closing fast. Yes. Wait, why? What did you call us? Brucey, you know, Gru and Lucy mushed together. Brucey. Oh, I like it, but not a lot. I don't like it. And Trey Parker from South Park is the voice of the villain, Balthazar Brat, who is the source of all kinds of hilarious 1980s gags in this trailer. Despicable Me 3 opens June 30th, 2017. The first trailer for a new epic war movie from director Christopher Nolan was released this week. It's called Dunkirk. The enemy tanks have stopped. Why? Why waste precious tanks when they can pick us off from the air like fish in a barrel? There are 400,000 men on this beach. Obviously, Dunkirk is about the World War II Battle of Dunkirk, France, a harrowing ordeal for Allied troops trapped on a beach while the Germans buzzed overhead picking them off. An incredibly tough spot for hundreds of thousands of soldiers, including many Canadians. Why Nolan chose this part of the war is kind of strange, given that America had not yet joined in, and since when does Hollywood give a hoot about anyone other than America when it comes to war? But Nolan's British, so good on him for getting Warner Brothers to pony up some of the cash for the film. Although, to be fair, I see some European production companies listed as well, so the WB may have only contributed distribution money. At any rate, it looks great. The movie stars Kenneth Branagh, whom we heard in the first clip. It also has Bridge of Spies Oscar winner Mark Rylance and Nolan Scarecrow actor Killian Murphy out at sea as the war rains down around them. Where are we going? Dunkirk. I'm not going back. 
There's no hiding from this sun. We have a job to do. If we go, they will die. The trailer also shows Tom Hardy flying a plane. Is he a Nazi? I didn't see the tail of his plane to see the markings. We'll find out August 25th when Dunkirk lands in theaters. You can practically see it from here. What? Home. More news from The Couch coming up next, including a look at the next Apes movie. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Continuing now with our news from The Couch. And the first proper trailer for the next Planet of the Apes movie came out this week. That's Andy Serkis as Caesar, the main monkey of the reboot series. His English gets a little better every time around. This time the movie's called War for the Planet of the Apes, following 2014's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and the third installment that began with 2011's Rise of the Planet of the Apes. The first two movies were critical and box office smashes, taking in over a billion dollars around the world. We've seen Caesar the Ape evolve throughout the series, but the humans who are either for or against him are new in every movie. This time, the war's newest belligerent is Woody Harrelson. All of human history has led to this moment. The irony is we created you. Nature has been punishing us ever since. And Woody's not just a gung-ho citizen trying to rally a ragtag ragtag team of refugees like Gary Oldman was in the last movie. No, this time it's the real army trying to take on the monkeys. The trailer doesn't offer much more beyond that, which is fine. The apes do seem to have a human kid with them. Not sure if it's supposed to be Tarzan or probably it's just Woody's kid to make things more personal. Anyways, it looks like another winner in the series. We'll find out on July 14th. This is our last stand. And if we lose, it will be a planet of apes. Remember this? I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. 
Liam Neeson in the 2008 hit movie Taken as Brian Mills, a retired CIA agent who goes on a one-man rampage to find his kidnapped daughter. It spawned two sequels and now a TV show on NBC. So, did you get Mom and Dad a card or do you want to sign this? Brian Mills, this time around, is Clive Standen, who plays Rolo in the History Channel series Vikings. Here's a scene from that show where he is schooling his nephew Bjorn. Always remember to finish off your opponent if you can. We have fine ones for playing dead, pretending to run away. Perhaps the Saxons are the same. But no man ever ran away with his entrails hanging down to his knees or his head cut off. That's just a fact of life. Sage advice, Uncle Rolo. In the TV series for Taken, Mills is on a train with his daughter. Some bad guys do some bad things. Mills single-handedly takes out said bad guys, but not before his daughter is killed in the crossfire. My condolences. I'm a director of an emergency covert team. You tackled those gunmen on the train to protect 93 other passengers. You're recruiting me. Don't let Callie die for nothing. Now he's being recruited by Flashdance's Jennifer Beals to take out the trash. It debuts on NBC on Monday, February 27th. One man against resources of an entire cartel? Who do you think you're dealing with here, Brian? Looking for me? There I am! You're wired to protect others. It's how you're built. It's who you are. It's what you believe in, Brian. That is the news from The Couch. Up next, we'll tell you what's coming to home video this week. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. No one warned us. No one said you were going to lose both engines at a lower altitude than any jet in history. This was dual engine loss at 2,800 feet, followed by an immediate water landing with 155 souls on board. No one has ever trained for an incident like that. I'm Brad, he's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes having a quick look at what is coming to home video this upcoming week. Jeff, what was that? That's Tom Hanks in Clint Eastwood Sully about the miracle on the husband, Captain Chesley Sullenberger landing that plane on the river in New York City. It also starred Aaron Eckhart and Laura Linney. I saw it. It wasn't too bad. I think I gave it three out of five. Yeah. It had its moments. So some of it, they really had to work to make a dramatic story out of it aside from the actual you know the drama inherent drama of landing a jetliner on the river yeah. but uh, they they made up all this stuff about the, the transportation safety board investigating Sully and they made it seem much darker and more ominous than what it would have been in real life like an investigation like that of course has to be launched when you do some anything screwy that happens in a plane gets investigated yep. so landing on the river but they made out the transportation safety board guys to be like these really evil bad guys and it was just it was a bit too much also out uh, coming out this week to home video just quickly tell you the magnificent seven the remake starring denzel washington and chris pratt as well there's a cartoon called storks with the voice of andy samberg it's about storks delivering babies and whatnot the disappointments room which is a movie starred starring kate beckinsale that's probably a sign that you could also put outside by bedroom is there anything else here Is there anything else here that... Uh... So, no storks in. <laughs> no storks right. coming to my place. Oh, digital HD.
Deepwater Horizon. Yeah, the Mark Wahlberg uh, about the BP oil spill, starring Mark Wahlberg as an oil rig guy. And a DVD and Blu-ray release January 10th. Up next, a review of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. We have a mission for you. Ready? I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes. Time now for a review of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And guess what? It's great. Forgery of Imperial documents. Possession of stolen property. Aggravated assault. Resisting arrest. On your own from the age of 15. Reckless, aggressive, and undisciplined. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. It is the first Star Wars standalone film and stars Felicity Jones as Jin Erso, recruited by the Rebellion to lead a team of misfits. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know what it is and how to destroy it. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Rogue One takes place immediately before Episode Four: A New Hope, which means Jyn Erso and friends are the rebels who steal the plans to the Death Star. And you remember how mad Darth Vader was about that at the beginning of A New Hope. The Death Star plans are not in the main computer. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? What have you done with those plans? Going into this film, we already know essentially how it ends, but it's still a great time at the movies. They have no idea we're coming. Take hold of this moment. The force is strong. Make ten men feel like a hundred. And how cool is it that Darth Vader is back on the big screen? May the Force be with us. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Let me tell you, it's super cool. He's not in it a lot, but when he is, oh my goodness, it is fabulous. I just saw Rogue One. Came straight here to do the show, so please forgive my thoughts if they sound random because they are extremely fresh and I'm trying to sort through them. Rogue One has been hovering in the low to mid 80s on Rotten Tomatoes. Not quite as good as last year's The Force Awakens, which came in at 92%, but 85% still pretty good. I suppose one of the things holding this one back, probably the biggest thing holding it back, is the fact that it's a standalone. So even though it's part of the Star Wars overall story, it's not part of the saga, per se. It's not an episode. So even though it very much feels like a Star Wars movie, it might also feel like it's not quite a Star Wars movie, if that makes sense. Especially after... We met a whole new cast of characters telling us a new Star Wars story, a new Star Wars episode set 30 years in the future after Return of the Jedi. Talking about The Force Awakens. Now we're jumping back some 35 years to right before A New Hope. 
And I know that I was really skeptical when they announced Rogue One. Actually, not even skeptical. I was flat out uninterested. Why would I want to see that story? I know how it ends. But you know what? When I saw the first teaser trailer back in April, I was hooked from the first frame. It's directed by Gareth Edwards, who helmed the 2014 monster movie Godzilla. Rogue One is a grittier version of the Star Wars that we know. It takes us right down to the battlefield in ways we have not yet seen, right to the ground level. And that's not to say the Star Wars saga has been short of battles. Of course, they all have battles. But they've always been cool and glamorous and fun. That's not to say this isn't fun, still cool and fun, but it's scarier. You know, we're on the ground running with the rebels as they're being shot at by the four-legged at-at machine thingies. There's also a lot of handheld camera work, so it's super immersive at times. The cast also looks dirty and dingy, including Forrest Whitaker, who looks like he's seen more than his share of bad days. Also on the subject of cast, just want to point out quickly that I was really excited to learn that one of the ragtag rebels is played by Riz Ahmed, who was excellent in the HBO summer miniseries The Night Of. And another one of the rebels is martial arts master Donnie Yen, who may not be a Jedi in this film, but his character is still somewhat strong with the Force. And the rebellion in general, in terms of how it works, we get to see that they're also kind of dirty. The look of the film is dirtier, and the rebellion itself not so squeaky clean because they're always portrayed as the good guys, this shining ray of hope amidst the dark sea of the Empire. But in this, we see that it's not all hunky-dory. The rebellion has to do some bad things too in order to achieve their objectives. And I really liked seeing that component because life isn't black and white. There are shades of gray, and the Rebellion also has its shades of gray. And it was just really neat to go back to the time of A New Hope with current visual effects. Still maintains the same look at times. There are some scenes that are very much an homage to A New Hope, but it's just so much better now in terms of the visual effects. Seeing the Death Star up close in so many different ways was amazing. There are also a few extra characters that pop up from A New Hope, but blink and you will miss some of them. There are many nice nods to the original films without trying to be one of the original films. Whereas last year's The Force Awakens was kind of a retread of A New Hope, this is its own film, totally unique. It truly does stand alone. I'm actually having a hard time thinking of things to knock about this movie. It has some of the most thrilling action of any of the Star Wars movies. And even though you know the Rebels are going to win, it's still nerve-wracking. I guess if I had to take one shot at it, I'd say it maybe took a while to truly get going. It took a long time to set the table. But that is a small nitpick. Rogue One was solid. I'm going to give it four and a half couch cushions out of five. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and this week the Golden Globe nominations came out. Of course, that award ceremony covers both the movies and the TV. Actor Don Cheadle was there helping announce the nominations. Best television series drama, The Crown, Netflix, Game of Thrones, HBO, Stranger Things, Netflix, This Is Us, NBC, 
Westworld HBO. Uh, Golden Globes will be held on January 8th. Jimmy Fallon is hosting that ceremony. What do you think of that crop of best TV series drama? That's actually a pretty good category. It's a good category, but the, the one that really sticks out for me is Stranger Things, the Netflix show. I enjoyed it, but it doesn't deserve to be in you that category. You don't think so? Not at all. I oh think uh, you take a show like, oh like Better Call Saul, for example. Yeah. Way better than Stranger Things. I, I, Mr. Robot. Yeah, I've been really thinking about this because I've been trying to think about what television shows are going to make my top 10. Last year, Mr. Robot was almost number one. I think it was number two last year. Mm. But but And I still enjoyed season two, but I f- think it was a little too self-indulgent. And as time has passed since finishing watching season two... I'm not entirely sure of where my how much goodwill yeah. I have towards it. I, I liked it, but I don't know that it's going to make my top 10. So I don't think it deserves to be nominated, but something like Better Call Saul for sure. And again, I don't want to make it sound like I didn't enjoy Stranger Things. I really liked it, but I don't think yeah. it's best. For me, the glaring omission there is The Americans, which uh, will most definitely be right near the top of my favorite shows of the year. And it, it, it's a show that only gets better and better as it's been going along. It's been on, I think... This was season four this year. So, and every time the Americans, you know, doesn't, it did get some other nominations. It got some acting nominations for Carrie Russell and the dude in it. So that's good. But I would add that in there. Uh, I don't, I haven't watched The Crown yet. I've seen the other four, but apparently The Crown's very good. And I think we're both impressed that Westworld and This Is Us both got nominated. Yes. Well, This Is Us has been such a pleasant surprise. And it's one of those shows where I saw the previews all summer long on television and I thought, do we want to watch that? Because it just looks like a schmaltzy family drama. Well, it's on NBC, and they do schmaltzy family dramas really well. So I watched it. I love it. <laughs> it deserves so, all of the accolades so it's getting. Well done, schmaltzy drama. Oh, it's tremendous. It's really one of the best shows on TV. So it deserves this nomination. So, yeah, and I just finished watching Westworld this week. I was a bit late to the party there, yeah. but I quite enjoyed that. We'll talk about that a bit more in a bit. Uh, how about the musical or comedy TV series? The nominees are Atlanta, Blackish. Mozart in the Drunk Jungle, blah, 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 Transparent, and Veep. Veep's the only one I watch, and I love it, so go Veep. I'm just coming to the realization, <laughs> I don't watch any of these shows. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't watch, I wanted, I thought about Atlanta, but I didn't get into it. Thought about Blackish when it first started, didn't yep. get into that. Mozart in the Jungle, can we even watch that? That's an Amazon That's show, an isn't Amazon it? That's an Amazon deal, yeah, and so is Transparent. Uh, the, I've, it's sort of, I wish that things like Kimmy Schmidt... And New Girl and Brooklyn Nine-Nine would get into a category like that. Yeah, it's frustrating when you look at some of the more... This is one of the problems with these awards shows, is they they tend to be so elitist that shows that people watch don't get nominated. Now, to be fair, Modern Family got tons of recognition over the years, and I think it's safe to say that even though it remains, in my opinion, one of the better shows on television, it's had enough pats on the back. And Blackish is a network program that is available to everybody very easily. Yes. uh, But I mean, it feels like it's Veep's to lose again, because Veep, I don't don't know that Veep has ever been nominated for anything and not won it. (laughs) Yeah, you're, you, know I mean? I, you might be right. I'd have to go back. And they had a great season this year. No, did, see, that's a show that I need to watch, and everybody says you need to watch Veep. You love all the hilarious insults and poor and foul language. That's true. I, it's you, one of those shows like that, that I just, now that, what are they on, five seasons? They've already? done five. HBO, 10 episodes each, half hour, so I know. 50, 20, I have, 25 hours worth of content. I have like 50 hours of stuff on my PVR <laughs> that I need to watch, though. Where am I going to find time for that? All right, let's move on to the movies. The nominees for Best Motion Picture Drama are Hacksaw Ridge, 
Hell or High Water. Yes. Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. I've seen one of those films, Hell or High Water, so yay, I'm cheering for that. I've seen zero <laughs> of those movies. <laughs> wow! I've got work to do, apparently. I'm not going to... Hacksaw Ridge, is the, that's the Mel Gibson World War II movie. Manchester by the Sea, I don't, that hasn't come out yet. And yes. It has? Yep. That came out already. It's out, it's sort of out oh, in limited now? release, yeah. so it's 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 making its way. I know it's it's available in some Canadian markets. Yeah, okay. It might be at the very top of my list because that's the Casey Affleck one, and you've heard nothing but good things about that. And it'll be an Oscar force as well. So there's that. Uh, Moonlight is that's the one about a, a young uh, African American boys. Struggles, I believe that's Moonlight. Unless that's another one. No, that's what it is, that's and it's Luke. also been winning okay. some acting awards. Cool. Actually, that what the bad guy from Luke Cage oh, has yeah. won some uh, supporting actor right. awards uh, through the I think Critics Choice, I believe. What about Lion? Have you heard of Lion? Uh, we'll chalk not that. until I saw the the nomination list. That'll be the Golden Globe weird one. They always have <laughs> one weird one in the category that you've never heard of and never do hear of again. So there's that. And then the nominees in the Best Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy, 20th Century Woman or Women, Deadpool, Wow, La La Land, Florence Foster Jenkins, and Sing Street. Okay. Yeah, well, Deadpool. Deadpool. We've seen Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, we've seen Deadpool. We will root hard for Deadpool. La La Land is that musical with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, and it is getting so much praise and so much awards momentum. And yeah, the 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 well, Golden Globe, oh, they like musicals, right? So yeah, they, they you, have a category. If for If you it. make a musical, it will get nominated for a Golden Globe because they are. Their infrastructure is set up for just such a thing. Yeah, musical or comedy, (laughs) and usually there are not too many musicals that are made. And this one is very much a throwback to musicals that were once upon a time made in the 40s and 50s and whatever, and that they don't get made anymore, so... And it's about Hollywood, or it's about L.A., it's about both. Yep. And that... And there's nothing Hollywood loves more than a movie about Hollywood. Well, I know. I'm sure that La La Land is going to clean up at the Oscars yeah, just for that. It's going to be La La Land versus Manchester by the Sea. You can already sort of see that story right in itself as we get into award season. So, yeah. Uh, so you've seen Deadpool and Hell or High Water, two of ten. I've seen one of ten. <laughs> I think that may be the first time I've seen fewer nominees of any movie awards than you. Yes! <laughs> All right. Two of ten. <laughs> We're, it, it almost sounds like we're not doing our homework, but we are. But it just this year has very heavily leaned towards television. Yeah, that is very much true. And like I said, like a lot of these movies have either not opened or are just opening, so you wouldn't have had a chance to see a lot of them. You like the Hell or High Water? That's very high on my list too. And I know you can rent it through. It's on digital HD or whatever. I could rent it through my cable company, and I think I might do that this weekend. I think it's also out on Blu-ray now. If I'm not, yep. could be mistaken. No, no, it is. It is okay. Yep. Yeah, that's a highly recommended. I'm sure all of these films are outstanding. Deadpool really surprised by that. Good for them for taking a sort of taking a chance with a weird nominee like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fu- uh, it's fun. Yeah, super fun. Not for everybody, but super fun. Right. Up next, we're going to quickly talk about Westworld. I watched it this week, so I'll give my quick take after Jeff gave his last week. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. These violent delights have violent ends. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. Just want to quickly weigh in on Westworld. I actually walked out of the room last week while you were talking about 
I said it wasn't so much with the feels, but I enjoyed the intellectual engagement trying to figure out all the puzzles and keep it all straight. I just found it fascinating, if not uh, heartwarming. Yeah, I just I didn't want to get anything spoiled because I didn't mean to leave it until after the season ended, but I just never got around to it. So I figured, well, I might as well just binge it. And oh boy, did I binge it this week. I think I, I stayed up till 5.30 in the morning Ouch. one day and I watched six episodes that first day, the final four episodes the next day. Quite enjoyed it. Real fascinating show. Super imaginative. Great visual effects. Tremendous cinematography. It's a real pleasure of a show. I can't recommend Westworld enough, especially if you have a void in your life. If you're a fan of Lost, I think you will really like Westworld. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. And remember, if it requires getting above the couch, don't bother. This is 680 CJOB.